22, baby. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh, yes, sir. You know what it is. It's another episode here of Tom to Jets, the post-game edition for week seven at New England. Uh, oof. Oof. I don't even know where to begin. So before I do, I just want to remind y'all, hit it up with the subscribe. Hit us with the five-star rating. Uh, I appreciate you guys for listening. It's uh, yeah, it's some brutal stuff right now, but um, of course, you know, hit us on that Apple, Spotify, Amazon, wherever it is that you are listening. We do appreciate you, and of course, hit me up on the Twitter machine at Zubeard seventy seven. Let me know what you're feeling right now. Just give me a little bit of a little bit of what you feel, how you feel about this game, what you see this team going from here. I mean. I'm sorry if I seem uh, if I seem a little bl- uh, flustered here. I kind of am. That was a absolute demolition that uh, we all just had to sit through there for. I mean, what about three hours and ten minutes, give or take? I mean, we had to sit there and watch that game. I mean, we didn't have to. We didn't have to sit there and watch that game. We did, and you know, we got for it. A big old nothing burger. Actually, that's not true. We did get to see some history today. We got to see some Jets history today. We got to see the Jets give up 54 points for the first time since 1979. Holy crap. I mean, that's 16 years before I was even born. And then we also gave up 50 points in general, 50 or more for the first time in my entire life. And I mean, that's 20, the first time, the last time it happened was 1995 in September. I was born December 95. That's unbelievable to me. One, that that hasn't happened in that time frame. That shows you that defense has been the focus of this team for a long time. And they've actually done a fairly decent job of it to not get embarrassed. But what happens today? You get embarrassed. You got absolutely I mean, geez, you got undressed. This team got undressed. This coaching staff got made to look like a bunch of fools. Uh, I'm I'm sorry. I mean, I get it. There are injuries all over the place, and guys were continuing to get injured today, which at one point I was just sitting there. I was like, you can't make this stuff up, man. I mean, when it when the when the floodgates open, man, they they just they just flow. And that's Something you can't turn off, and today the Jets were not able to turn anything anything off that the Pats were able to do. I mean, defensively, offensively, this was just an absolute, absolute disaster of a performance once again. And that word is just kind of becoming synonymous with this season. And especially, especially today, because not only did we give up 50 points for the first time in my life, and 54 points for the first time in 40-plus years. We also got to see Zach Wilson get hurt on, I mean, listen, that is a definition of what the league has been calling all season in terms of roughing the passer. You're hitting a guy underneath his knee. That is roughing the passer as far as I've ever known. And they have been really diligent in terms of calling that this season. But for some reason, that was not called today. That specific one 
on Guy was not called today. And then two plays later, I mean, and this might not have even been the play that he got hurt on was two plays later. It might have been the hit that Guy laid on him. But you have young Matthew Judon going in, wrapping him up, giving him a quick, you know, turnaround. I mean, and that is what it is. It's not a dirty hit or anything, but it's a physical hit that maybe he's not making had you thrown that flag on the previous play. So, I mean, there's a little bit of a trickle effect there. It's not all the ref's fault because, I mean, this offensive line took a step back, especially on that right side today. I mean, Morgan Moses, dear Lord, there was about three or four times where he was just lost out there. He didn't even know who the heck he was supposed to be blocking or should be blocking. Greg Van Rotten, I mean, I don't need to tell you about Greg Van Rotten anymore, so I won't, but the guy stinks, and I mean... That right side of the line was glaringly bad, especially early on in the game. And you don't want to you don't want to leave them blameless here. But the referee's inability to make that call and have the balls to make that call in New England, right there, ultimately, that inability led to Zach Wilson's injury, partially. So I mean, while the offensive line has some of that blood on their hands. Those referees need to be looking at themselves too after not making that call. And I mean, it's just it's just hard to believe that that call is not being made in today's NFL. That's the only reason I even complain about it or mention that the refs are involved at all is because that play has been called multiple times and we have been called for how many roughing the passers this season and the one time our QB has a dirty, dirty, dirty ass hit laid on him. You're not even going to help us out and give us the one time there. I mean, come on. I know it's a blowout. I know it's the New England game, and you got to give the home fans the love there, and, you know, they need the win and whatever else is going on behind the scenes. But be at least somewhat, somewhat respectable at your job. You weren't in that situation. That's a bad, bad job by these refs, and it might have cost this young man I mean, the rest of his rookie year, who the heck knows how bad this knee injury could be? Obviously, he was walking around on it, but how many times do we see guys able to walk around, still end up having a torn meniscus or an MCL or something and need to go under the knife? And even though it's not a full-on tear, they're out for about two or three months. Two or three months without Zach Wilson right now is the end of the season. And there's no point in bringing him back in December for him to just get destroyed by Tampa Bay and Buffalo at the end of the year. There's no reason for that. It's That's a maddening thing that came out of this game, and it's insult accompanied by injury. And, I mean, <laughs> there, wasn't a, there wasn't a shortage of either today. And, I mean, the insult came from this team's effort, the coaching staff, which, I mean, I'm going to get into the coaching staff right here. I have to, and I'm going to crack open a quick drink. So please do not mind this pop of the can right here and shout out to the homies wherever the heck wants to sponsor me listen guys twisted tea bud light whoever hit me up i i'm i have a feeling i'm gonna be drinking after a lot of these games this year so let me know what y'all want to do we got a couple more to go so i'm here <laughs> but anyway i do need to get into the coaching staff and there. There was a belief I had today coming into this game that Robert Sala, that Mike LaFleur, Ulbrich, and I mean, I don't want to put Ulbrich 
too much on him because the guy was working with his literally bottom of the depth chart linebackers out there today, and he's got rookie DBs. And, I mean, listen, there's there's blame for the defense, but it's not on the coordinator, and it's not on Salah for the defense. What I am going to have to say, though, is this arrogance of the offense and the arrogance that they have to believe that all they have to do is execute better and they're going to make things happen. And, oh, yes, that's that's what's the different, guys. Look at the film. We're not executing here. Just execute. Do it. That's it. Just go and execute. There's a reason why this team is the only team in the league to not score in the first quarter through six games. And it's a reason why this is the first team in the NFL since the Lions that went 0-16 in 2008 to not score a single point in their first six games in the first quarter. There's a reason that's going on, and it's not a lack of execution. It's not a lack of try. It's a lack of preparation. It's a lack of good coaching coming into these games. You had a bye week, a freaking bye week leading into this, and you come out, and the first drive is a three and out, and you run the ball awfully on the first two plays. You did not get anybody ready to go. You obviously did not run these plays until people had them down packed. Because for the Patriots to come out and just lock you up like that, I mean, what did what did they? I think they got about three yards on the first two carries in that drive, and then they just okay, we'll have Zach throw it, bang, gets sacked, boom, that's done, three and out. It's unbelievable. It seriously is unbelievable. The arrogance to think and listening to the commentary. Listening to the commentators continue to say, oh, you know, they, they told us all throughout the week, hey, you know, we think we're a couple of uh, little execution points. We're not making any big changes. It's more about the little things doing them better. And that's how we're going to get good. And they're saying, oh, that's what Sal is telling us. It's about the little things and doing them better. No, it's not about the little things. Because if it was about the little things, these games would be a lot closer in the first half. These games would be, there would be a lot more wins on the board for this team because of the way that they play in the second half consistently it's you're putting yourself behind the eight ball constantly because you believe that oh if we just continue to run these same damn plays they're going to eventually work no you have to mix it up you have to do something different and whether it be the preparation of this team whether it be the lineup that you're putting out there to start games whether it's just the personnel in general that you have on this team this isn't working. They don't come out ready to play. They don't know how to score in the first quarter. And I say they don't know how to score in the first quarter. They literally don't. It's 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 disgusting. It's maddening. And I said before the game, if this is another thing that happens, you got to start to question Mike LaFleur. And you seriously have to start to question Mike LaFleur. Because he makes a couple of really nice play calls in a row, strings together a little drive, and then kills it at the end with two terrible play calls. That's what happened at one point today. Do you want to hear the rest? I mean, oof, I get there's an execution component to this, but when the team doesn't come out and perform in the first quarter, that's on the coach. 
That's just how it's been always. That's how it always will be because it's on the coach to make sure that those players know what they're going to be going up against when they come out. It's the job of the coach to game plan for those players to be in the best position possible for their skill set in order to be successful against this defensive scheme that they're going up against. It's the coach's job. I'm tired of hearing all of these execution and, oh, Zach Wilson didn't make the throw. Yeah, Zach Wilson didn't make a couple of throws, but you know what? Today we had Mike White in there. And what, Mike White moved the ball a couple of times? You think that was the offense looking good? No, the offense was looking good because the Pats didn't give a damn. They knew they were going to cruise to a victory. They were already up by three touchdowns. What do they care if they give up two? That's what happens to this team every single week. And you hear the commentary going in the second half. Oh, they start moving the ball better here. I don't get it. I don't understand. James Lofton kept saying, I don't know. I don't know why they'd move it in the second half, not the first. You know why they move it in the second half and not in the first half? Because in the first half, the teams that they're playing against, 95% of the time are stepping their game up because, oh, the game is still live. We need to make sure we can put this thing away. And in the second half, most of the time, one, they're tired, so there is that. You have run some plays on them most of the time. I mean, even if it's 15 that the Jets will uh, average run in the first half, but you're still doing something. You get them a little tired. I get it. You get a little credit there, but the real reason you're moving the ball is because these defenses don't care anymore. They're up by so much that they're just making sure that they're not giving up touchdowns. They're just making sure they're not giving up huge momentum plays. That's it. They're just trying to get to the end of the game. We're playing like we're going on the last drive of the Super Bowl at those points because we're just trying to move the ball for the first time all game. That's why the offense looks so much better in the second half. I mean, it's not, it's not rocket science when we're talking about that. And there are so many, so many different types of play calls that could have went down today that would have had a different effect on this game in general or just the feel of this offense. And Mike LaFleur just missed all of those opportunities. He did not adjust to the game while being in the game. He did not read what was happening and make sure that he was able to change plays and make sure that he was able to adjust to, oh, the, on fourth down, they're stacking the center with every single guy on the defense. Let's not run the ball up the middle. How about you kick it outside? Or you call a quick slant. One of those two. You don't run the ball up the damn middle to seven guys standing right on top of your center. You don't do that if you want to be a successful offensive coordinator in this league. And to see how this team came out from a bye week as flat as they did, to see the defense look as bad as they did, I mean, I get it. C.J. Mosley is out, but C.J. Mosley being out shouldn't have that big of an effect. And, I mean, a, that big of an effect in the sense that the defense looks completely and utterly lost. Like, they don't even know how to play. I mean, this defense, they didn't stop anything on the first two drives. Every play was for positive yardage. It was, it was maddening to watch. I'm sure it was maddening to play. But, I mean... Christ, you got to do something. You can't come into the game. And we we had Jamie and Sherwood as a guy to watch coming in. And God bless him. The dude tried. The guy really gave it his all. I mean, he's a rookie, late-round pick, not a guy who should be coming in and playing Mike on a starting against the Pats in New England. 
I mean, regardless of who the quarterback is, you're sticking him out there for Belichick and McDaniels to just have a field day with. And that's exactly what they did. The guy, Sherwood ended up being a liability out there. You couldn't have him on the field. They were running it at him. He was getting trucked. He couldn't play anybody in pass defense. I mean, he got called for a P.I. It's just there's so many things. The kid was just so overwhelmed. And I think that's one place where I can put a little bit of blame on this coaching staff for not realizing that, hey, maybe we should uh, – make sure that we have a guy who can sub in there and take care of this if the moment's a little too big for Sherwood. And to not do that was tough to watch. Um, but, you know, the kid got fed to the fire. Hopefully uh, hopefully he learned something from it and he's able to grow because the effort, the effort was there. He tried, but the performance was absolutely horrific. Um, it was about as bad as you could get from a linebacker. He was a liability he was not even relevant, essentially, in terms of stopping the Pats at any point. I don't think they felt that he was a legitimate option to stop them. So having a guy like that on the field is essentially useless. So whatever needs to be done there, it needs to be done because that was what broke this defense today, and that's what made this defense give up a 50-burger for the first time in 26 years. That's why. You had a terrible Mike linebacker out there, and I hate to say that because he is a rookie and you don't want to bash a young kid early on in his career, but he was terrible today. He looked like he didn't even belong in the NFL, and that's who you have on your roster, and that's who you have playing. You have to reevaluate your skills in evaluation of talent, if that's what you think. And it was so apparent today that C.J. Mosley is the difference maker on this defense, so... When I tell you he's one of the best linebackers in the NFL and people try to poo-poo that and people try to act like, oh, C.J. Mosley could just get traded for, you know, like a seventh-round pick five years from now. Like, no, this dude is a legitimate player who can go and make an impact on any team that you would trade him to right now. And his impact on this defense was way greater than I could have ever estimated because what happened without him was utterly disgusting and in my opinion it was it was it was a disgrace it was a disgrace to watch and i've said that multiple times now but i can't i can't get away from it i hate doing these post games where all i can think about is how disgraced i feel how how repulsed i feel how disgusted i am by the performance that i just had to sit and watch all the way to the end and the final whistle with the jets getting blown out once again it's disgusting it's a <sighs> I uh, I don't, don't want to go too much down that hole. Let me take a sip real quick. <sighs> Thank you for bearing with me. Um, but yeah, this is uh, it's just it's brutal. It's draining, and I know it's draining for you guys too. And the the loss of Wilson today makes this game even more of a joke. It makes this game even less stomachable. It's it's just a cherry on top of a a, a, a crap Sunday, and uh, I, I'm not too big of a fan of crap Sundays. So this is just this is just really this is tough. This is a rock bottom right here, and woof! 
I don't know how I don't know how you pick up from this. I don't know how you come out next week and you take on Cincinnati, who just did what they did today against Baltimore, and you have any type of confidence that you're going to be able to come out and put up a performance in that game. Um, now I get this is the same place that we were in, kind of coming back from Denver and going into the Tennessee week, but it's really not the same because we don't have the rookie quarterback. We gave up fifty four points this time we didn't hold denver you know we didn't uh, okay we we ended up playing good defensively at least no we played awful defensively we lost many players in the depth whether they be starters second stringers guys who get a rotational we lost a lot of guys today and i'm not sure how we replace them what we have to do in order to get guys in here to at least improve the depth or improve the quality of starters that we have right now with all the injuries. But this is a bad place to be in if you're the Jets. It's it's going from bad to worse, and it's going really fast. We got to pay close, close attention to what's going on with Zach Wilson's knee. I'm sure they're going to have second and third opinions on it. Um, hopefully, hopefully it's just a strain. Hopefully it's not something that's going to be, uh, season ending like we talked about earlier, but who knows? This is just, this is a bad day if you're a Jeff fan right now. And I mean, I'm going to go to the Twitter machine right now to get a couple of reactions from people, from you, not just people, but from you guys. And of course you can always Leave your comments about the game and what you think. You can hit me up on that Twitter machine, at Zubeard77. And we'll start out with the man, Joe and Clark, who always comes with the fire. And uh, apropos, I say fire there as he says, fire everyone, including Waterboy. I think he missed a tackle too. He definitely did because at one point we were playing with the Waterboy out there. And Joe... We're getting to that point where this coaching staff looks like it might be a one and done. And this GM, I mean, he's got time on a contract, but he he's gonna be on the clock after this year, man. It's not it's not good for him. Uh my guy, Anthony C. He posts just a gif. Uh it's from the IT crowd. I mean, I don't know if that means anything to you guys, but the IT crowd, great show on Netflix. I think it's still on Netflix. Go check it out. Hilarious, hilarious show. But it's essentially a guy getting up from the conference table at work, going over to the window, busting open the window, and then just jumping out of it. And they're on like the you know seventy fifth floor or something. So, yeah, I agree with you there, and I'm I'm about in the same ballpark as you right now. I feel uh, I feel pretty helpless with this team. I pretty feel like I pretty much feel like it's about that time to uh, to burn it all down and start over again. But I mean, we'll see. We'll see where we're at in a couple of weeks. Doug Leftwich, yeah, this is a good one. All gas, no brakes in a Tesla world. Doug, I can't agree more, man. I can't agree more. And you got, you got Larry here. Honestly, no words can express what all Jet fans are feeling. Unfortunately for you guys, I'm not listening to sports talk for at least a week. LOL. Well, Larry, I hope you're listening right now because I appreciate you, man. And listen, this is a tough one, a tough one to have to sit through. So I hope you're uh, 
you're commiserating with me over here because I appreciate you, my man. Uh, the Lone Apple, an Armenian brethren, as I can see from uh, their name here. The Jets are lost thanks to the ineptitude of the Brothers Johnson, hyphen, the Wilpons, to the NFL, of the NFL, I apologize. And that is, uh, that is about as good nail, hammer to the nail of a, of a comparison as I could think of. The Johnsons and the Wilpons, I mean, in terms of ineptitude, they're right there with each other. Unfortunately for the Johnsons, there is like a, there's a floor that you have to spend in the NFL, so they can't be as cheap as the Mets, and they haven't been able to get away with that yet. But if they could, trust me, Woody and the boys, they would be trying to uh, have as terrible of a roster as they could out there for as cheap as possible, just to make sure, you know, they're making ends meet. Because Johnson & Johnson, you know, it's, it's essentially... Owning Johnson & Johnson is like working a minimum wage job, you know, right? Because uh, essentially you could call prov poverty from there. <sighs> joke. Joke of a franchise. Joke of an owner. Uh, and I take joke of a franchise only because of the owner, I should say. It, we're not a joke of a franchise because we're a joke of a franchise. We're a joke of a franchise because we have a terrible owner and a terrible, terrible decision maker in Woody Johnson. Corey Levine, Corey Levine, my man, burn it to the ground. I don't give a oop anymore. Corey, I'm right with you, man. I am not far off from that, brother. Uh, Eric Sherman, this just confirms the worst day of the week. <laughs> F football. <laughs> I'm with you, man, right? This, is, this Sunday is becoming a chore, bro. Sunday really is becoming a chore for me. Nicola... I'm sorry, my man. I hope I'm going to get this right. I, I hate when people get my last name wrong, so I really don't want to mess this up. You could let me know uh, in the comment next time if uh, what the proper pronunciation is. I'm going to hit it, though. I got Nicola Moltisanti. Moltisanti. I think I nailed that. Trash from the owner on down. That's a very... It's a harsh comment right there. I mean, trash from the owner on down. The owner is trash. I agree with you there. I'm not ready to say the head coach is trash, although this is this week coming out of a bye is an indictment on him to not have performed at a higher level, to come out and look as flat as they did and to not have made changes, to not have made legitimate big-time changes during a bye week where you have a chance to actually implement it and not go directly to a game and get some live reps. You don't do that. You don't put in anything. Now your quarterback's hurt. Now you're in a terrible spot. And guess what? The bye week's gone, so you can't do anything now. Uh, uh, the more I talk about it, the more I'm kind of talking myself into thinking that Salah is making some bad choices, and I don't know, man. And I mean, LaFleur, you, you can't tell me that Mike LaFleur is a good offensive coordinator. You can't pay me enough to think that Mike LaFleur is a good offensive coordinator. There is literally nothing you can do to change my mind on that. Uh, there is nothing, nothing that, that he can do that proves to me that he should be back next year. And I don't think there is anything he can do the rest of the year to change that. So Mike LaFleur, I'm with you. He's hot trash. Actually, I would say he's, he's dumpster juice. He's like that stuff that trickles out of the dumpster or sits at the bottom of the dumpster when it's all like, you know, there's like a bunch of bags that get dumped into the big old, uh, 
garbage truck and then you see the bottom and it's just trickling all over the place. That's what Mike LaFleur is in terms of being an offensive coordinator. He's that nasty-ass juice on the bottom of the dumpster or your garbage can, whichever you like to prefer. <laughs> Next tweet up. And mm, <laughs> I'm going to uh, I'm gonna end it on this one here. I got Kev at Hambert. Rock bottom, Zoo. This blows. Kev, this is rock bottom. Welcome to the rock bottom. We are in the pit of misery. Can I get a dilly dilly? Um, <laughs> yeah, so I guess that's how we'll start the show from now on. Just hit a dilly dilly. But this team is in the pit of misery, and this is the bottom of the barrel. We are about as bad as it gets right now, and we're going to become the team that other teams look at and say we can get that win. We're going to be the team that the Houston Texans are going to look at, and they're going to say we should whoop the Jets' ass. We got a rookie quarterback that we believe in who's looking good. Think about that for a second. The Houston Texans are going to be in the place that we thought we were going to be in when we play them. They're going to have a quarterback they believe in. They're going to be in tight games throughout the year. Even if they lose them, they're still in these games. And for us to not even be close to that level is it's damning. It's damning on everybody that's a part of this team this year. There should be a ton of shame felt. And, I mean, to be completely honest with you, I want to hear what you guys think. So, like everybody else did on Twitter, please hit me up. at Zubeard77. Good ones. I'll read out on Wednesday's podcast. Anything you guys give me, I will try to reply to. Um, obviously, we got some Nick stuff going on tonight, so... I'm going to be getting a little bit hyped over there for my boys who are actually turning up for the city. Um, but enough about the Knicks. You can check out my Twitter for that, at Zubeard77. Um, I want to get to my three takeaways from today's game. And without any more delay, I am going to start off with numero uno, and that is this coaching staff is completely and utterly in over their head. They don't know when it's time to make changes. They don't understand when they need to go out and shake things up. They just don't understand how to be coaches at this level in the NFL. They just don't understand it. And it it could never be more apparent than coming out of a bye week and not being ready to play that game against an opponent that you had already seen that year. You're through six weeks. It's week seven. You've seen this team. This is the second time you're playing them. You're coming off a bye, and you gave up 54 points, and you lost by 41. 41-point loss. That's disgraceful. That's disgraceful as a coaching staff. You should feel a lot of shame in that. And you should feel a lot, a lot of shame in how you prepared this team for this week. Number two, C.J. Mosley is no longer in question the elite defensive player on this team and one of the top five linebackers in all of the NFL right now. There's no question about it anymore. I don't want to hear people saying that he should be benched for anybody. I saw a stupid article earlier in the week. I forget where it even was posted, but 
I saw a dumb article saying that C.J. Mosley should be benched. <laughs> you saw what happened today when he couldn't play physically? That's what's going to happen if you bench him. So, no, you're not taking C.J. Mosley out, and you need to start putting some respect on his name because even though he didn't play today, he proved to every single Jet fan his value and why he needs to be on this team, especially right now and going forward for sure. Finally, takeaway number three. This offense isn't going to get better at any point this year. And I argue to say that they aren't going to score any more than 30 points in the first quarter for the entire season. It's pathetic. It's a joke. But that's what we're dealing with, people. This offense is what it is. They don't have talent. The line sucks. Zach Wilson's going to be out now. This is going to be atrocious football to watch. So, if you don't want to watch it, you can always just uh, subscribe to the Time to Jets podcast and listen to me talk about them. And I will, uh, you know, try to pepper you guys with some interesting facts and get you, you know, not thinking about how bad this season really is. I will get y'all some NFL mock draft. I will be paying attention to those. I already watch college football, so I'm up to date on what I'm looking for. I mean, we'll see what this team at the end of the year, what we are, uh, what we're going to be in the, <laughs> I don't even know what we're going to be looking for at that point, because we have so many points of need that I, I don't even know where to begin, but that's for another day. So please subscribe at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, wherever it is that you're listening right now. Appreciate you doing that. Give us a five-star rating if you can. Leave a comment. Always appreciate those as well. Um, that's the easiest way for you to get the you know podcast when it comes out and get alerted to when it is out. But I can understand if you don't feel like subscribing, then, of course, go to my Twitter page and follow me on there because I do tweet out the links to the show. I tweet out during the Jet game live. I, I try to reply to as many tweets as I can when I get them. I, I always want to give you guys my honest thoughts and get to you because I appreciate you all being there, listening, and being loyal to the Tom to Jets podcast. I mean, hey, guys, we're here. We're through week seven. We got another 11 weeks to go. We're going to get through it. Stay with me. Trust me. I am your psychologist. I am your voice of reason i can be whatever the hell you want me to be <laughs> just hook me up with a follow on twitter hit that subscribe i appreciate you so much as always i want to leave you with a little bit of positivity here on the time to jets podcast because we're not all about the doom and gloom of what is happening currently with the jets but we like to revisit those in the past and uh quickly sam darnold and a look in on MVP Sam down in Carolina. He got pulled today. He got taken out for young PJ Walker. So I think it's about that time we can lay the Sam Darnold. Oh, the Jets ruined him. He's a terrible quarterback because of the Jets and nobody else. We can lay that to rest. And with that being said, it's time for me to jet. And I will bid you adieu. Peace.